Emily Elizabeth, and I'm the host of the What Fulfills You podcast, a show for and about individuals always seeking to be their best selves. On this show, we talk all about building the mindset, finding the right careers, creating meaningful relationships, and so much more. Welcome to the What Fulfills You podcast. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the What Fulfills You podcast. My name is Emily Elizabeth. I'm your host and welcome if this is your first time tuning in to the show. Today's episode is a solo one and was actually recommended by a few listeners because I recently asked you guys what you would want to hear more of and maybe just specific content when it comes to solo episodes or just things that um, I've utilized in my own life. And one of them was around recommendations. And of course, you guys know I am a huge book reader. I love to read. I love to get new books. And of course, I'm (laughs) very into personal development, hence this podcast. But it's been a very long time since I have done a episode where I share the book recommendations and key mindset takeaways that you guys can have from potentially reading these books. And I will add as well, I know usually it doesn't seem that, I don't know, like productive to do a book recommendation on a podcast episode, but since I don't do this often, and um, I know a lot of you guys also are always looking for a new book to read or something that is really enhancing in your life. Funny enough, uh, now that I think of it, I had a guy friend asked me like over the summer, he's like, hey, I'm going to the beach. Um, I know you read a lot. Like, do you have a book recommendation for me? And I just thought it was really random that he asked me, but also gave me insight into what people kind of know me for. So um, I will make this productive and worth your time if you are tuning in, whether you're on a walk, you're driving on the subway, like I usually am, Wherever you are, I hope these four books could potentially intrigue you. And with that being said, let's get into it. All right, so the four books I have today are a holistic perspective of what I personally believe is important to establish in your 20s. And as a 25-year-old female living in New York City, I can certainly say, All of the books I'm going to mention today have had a huge impact on each area of my life that has been like a big pillar in my early to mid 20s. And I find this a really good time to share as well because a recent guest, Sabrina Zohar, who is the founder of Software, which is like actually like loungewear spelled soft, W-E-A-R. One of the pieces of advice she gave for women or anyone in their 20s is to do the work now. I believe she's, I don't know, maybe like in her early 30s. She's definitely got some super young, fun energy. But of course, when I come across people who have some years ahead of me, I always like to ask that question because just like us, there's something that we can tell our younger self from high school or middle school. And if you think about it, I don't know about you guys, but I prefer to gain insight in in that I guess like I guess more like realistic advice from someone not too far off from my age where uh, and that's primarily too because of many reasons but one of them being that our 
culture and generation changes so fast. And so while our parents do have a lot of great advice, more on, I would argue, like long-term thinking of life and maybe like finance and how you actually establish a secure future for your life, especially if they've done that, um, I would argue that those who are between 8 to 15 years older than you um, that have done similar steps to where you would want to be would more often give better advice in kind of like personal development type of things. So anyways, but with that being said, uh, these four books are all different genres and they touch on different areas of your life. So I'll go with the first one that I ever started with in terms of like the order of what came into my life first. And the first one would be The Daily Stoic by Ryan Holiday. It is 366 Meditations on Wisdom, Perseverance, and the Art of Living. So for context, I got into this book around junior year of college. Uh, I've shared the story many times, but long story short, I was struggling at that time. I felt really lonely emotionally. And, you know, now looking back, I, I know that I felt lonely because I lacked really meaningful connection with certain people in my life or just people in general, really. And I had to kind of start from ground zero, which is why I have the relationships I do today. Um, but also one thing about myself at that time and this could vary for a lot of you guys I know when I was around 20 or 21 years old I was very reactive and definitely played a lot of emotional mind games uh with I don't know I just wasn't very emotionally healthy let's put it that way and I would say probably there's a good chunk of us that aren't depending on the programming that we grew up with or what we we observed in our um, you know what in the environment that we grew up in and so if you are self-aware of that in yourself and you want to find ways to calm your mind before you make decisions before you speak before you make judgments before you make assumptions I would highly recommend just as a whole the philosophy around stoicism and so I got into it just by reading the daily stoic it's very easy you can read one page a day I of course miss days as well so oftentimes I'll read two or three and you don't necessarily have to read it in the order of like the actual date like I picked up the book probably um I don't know, like midway through the year, you know, and I just still started at day one. So it really doesn't matter because it's just a mindful meditation for each day for you to think about. And I have it on my coffee table so that I can sit, drink coffee, read it in the morning. And I will add also, if you are interested in getting into stoicism and looking into it more, learning more about how this can help you be more mindful, I highly recommend Ryan Holiday's Books. He's had a lot of great books around stoicism. I think my personal favorite that also helped me a lot, I listened to on Audible through the audiobooks. It's called The Obstacle is the Way. And 
I'm going to be honest, it's not going to sound very, it's going to sound a little bit boring depending on your taste and if you are someone that likes, <laughs> I don't know, like more flavorful things. Um, I think just the audio version or the book version could seem very philosophical, but if you are determined to work through your obstacles, whether, whether that's mental or just whatever that is in your life, I have found stoicism to be a really great approach to ensure that A, I'm self-aware of where my ego is at, what the root of the problem is. Uh, Secondly, to ensure that I am going to be mindful and take moments before I respond. And when I say moments, I really mean like a couple hours sometimes even a day and no I'm not perfect but just like anything in life you have to practice it every single day you have to implement it as a habit to some extent and so yeah for me the daily stoic is one of the biggest ones and I would categorize this and how this helps you in your 20s I would categorize it as probably like the approach slash your framework to life so maybe even a little bit around mindset but I would call this like the foundation uh, that would be really super helpful especially if you are into mindfulness and just being aware of how you are living day to day and before I go into the second book I just wanted to read something from the beginning pages of the daily stoic and what the definition of the philosophy is in case you are curious the philosophy asserts that virtue meaning chiefly the four cardinal virtues of self-control courage justice and wisdom is happiness and it is our perception of things rather than the things themselves that cause most of our trouble. Stoicism teaches that we can't control or rely on anything outside of what Epictetus called our reasoned choice, our ability to use our reason to choose how we categorize, respond, and reorient ourselves to external events. Okay, that's the only thing I will read from that book, but like I said, it is really phenomenal. It's changed a lot of how I approach my life and my relationships and all the previous stresses that I used to stress about, um, how I've shifted the way I frame that in my mind. So definitely go check out The Daily Stoic. The second book I would highly recommend is Why We Are Polarized by Ezra Klein. So I picked this book up, I believe, at McNally Jackson or Strand Bookstore, I forget, somewhere in one of the boutique New York City bookstores that I love. And I don't talk about politics on this show because that's not my expertise, (laughs) but I do strongly believe that education and knowledge in all areas as much as possible is important and is helpful when you are having conversations with people. Uh, For me personally, there's nothing I hate more than feeling out of the loop on certain topics, especially when it comes to like modern day events. You know, I don't really care about being out of the loop on stuff from The Bachelor, but I do care about how well I understand, for example, the conflict in with Russia and Ukraine or just the, the conflict we have with China, like things like that. And again, I'm speaking um, from an American lens. So for my international listeners, uh, that's just to, to preface. But with that being said, the reason why I recommend this book is 
because um, it has allowed me to at least gain understanding and insight into the different biases that we all have both you know no matter where you stand on the political spectrum as well as the statistics from the election years so from 2012 2016 2020 like all of the elections in the U.S. it's been very fascinating to me because when I read this book I didn't realize that statistically the elections were way more similar than you could actually imagine. And so, of course, um, you know, the writer, he's a journalist and he obviously has his own views and, and he kind of acknowledges that. So I take that into consideration as I'm reading this book. But nonetheless, I found it very educational for, you know, the modern day 20 some year old girl, guy, whatever, that is intrigued to understand, especially in the recent years why we have become so polarized and what's the difference with today versus 10 years ago why it wasn't the way you know I guess better way to phrase it why it wasn't as polarizing but also the benefits of being polarizing in politics but also in marketing okay so um Anyways, really great book if you are someone that loves to stay informed, be knowledgeable. One of my great friends, Bree, who's been on the podcast uh, back in 2020, she, um, you know, she lives in D.C. She definitely does more in, you know, government related type of work. And I've always said this to her, you know, her knowledge and what she talks about and the way she speaks about things is just so highly educated and just across the board very knowledgeable that I've always felt, um, I don't want to use the word stupid, but a little bit silly around her because I was like, holy shit, like, I don't know this stuff. And to be quite frank, I, I would think that I know more than the average person my age when it comes to, um, like the big scale of politics, right? I'm not talking about stuff you, you see on social media. I'm talking about like the actual conflicts and, and history of conflicts and all of those things. And when she puts it into my perspective, I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to go educate myself. So anyways, I encourage regardless of how you feel about politics to just learn, be educated on the history of our politics, no matter where you live, um, you know, in your country, but also, uh, especially I have a lot of American listeners. So in this case, I'm speaking about the history of the U.S. and understand it from an objective lens as much as possible. I try to go in looking at what some of my preferences could be and really try to um, allow myself to absorb information from all different angles. I really believe in bipartisanship and that's something that was hugely touched on in this book as well. So um, yeah, definitely recommend Why We Are Polarized by Ezra Klein. My third book recommendation is focused on finance and personal finance specifically. And I mentioned this on an episode back in the, probably a couple months ago, when it was relating to post-grad life, what I would advise to someone that recently graduated, whether it was last year or this year or the recent two years, and you still feel like you are trying to get more grounded in your post-grad now adult life. I mentioned finance as being the number one focus I would put 
your energy and focus on in terms of understanding and not putting off and that encompasses everything so that come so that goes into knowing how to utilize your credit card knowing how to sign your own fucking lease if you haven't done that before ensuring you allocate your money into like your income into certain percentages so like how much like what percentage of your take-home income are you allocating to like eating out or your rent and all of those things and then lastly especially i mentioned you should really focus on understanding what the hell a 401k is an ira what the difference is retirement plans don't just be very cookie cutter and go okay this is what my employer is giving me so this is what like i guess that's what i should do of course ask your parents But I'm also very big on learning how to understand what it means yourself, okay? Um, That was something my parents, which love them to death, they always try to kind of, I think, guide me as much as possible. And I always told them that my personal belief is that it's great to be advised and guided by parents and adult figures in your life, but... I'm I there's that saying what is it it's like uh teach a man give a man a fish feed him for a day teach a man how to fish feed him for life and so that is my perspective especially when it comes to finance personal finance and being self-sufficient on your own that is not just making your own money but understanding how to utilize it in the short term and long term and if you follow me on Instagram, you guys know that I do have a, you know, somewhat fun lifestyle. Like I like to spend money in certain ways, like don't get me wrong. And, and I think um, that's very important, but also being mindful of like how you want your money to be in 10 years and 15 years and then also in the next two years. So with that being said, this book I am recommending is I Will Teach You To Be Rich by Ramit Sethi. This book, or I should say this author, I heard him on in some time, I think 2019. That was the first time I discovered him. It was on Tim Ferriss's podcast. So if you just look up Ramit Sethi on your podcast platform, uh, you can certainly find him as a guest on many different shows. Tim Ferriss, I believe he was on there twice. I think he was on Jordan Harbinger's show as well as School of Greatness, Lewis House. Those are podcasts that I like to listen to. A few things that I really appreciated from this book was number one, it's very action oriented. So in each chapter, it focuses on a specific area of your finances. Like one chapter really focuses on credit cards, spending, negotiating your your uh, APR percentage all of these other things, um, and some chapters you might not need yet, right? So like I haven't read the entire book, or I rather should say like every single chapter, but I read majority and those of which that I really felt like I needed to hone down on or maybe uh, just wanted to see if I could learn anything new. And so for me, after I read the chapters that I read in this book, some of the things that I changed were... I changed my bank, my personal banking. Um, I changed and I left Wells Fargo. Number two, um, I think I re-automated certain processes to ensure that my money was being like actually distributed to my retirement account on a more automatic basis. 
I also implemented a little bit more structure around my money dials, which is what he calls it. So what money dials are is pretty much two to three items that you allow yourself to just spend your money on freely and the rest of the buckets are pretty much at zero. So kind of like I would argue that the conventional route of budgeting, which he doesn't use the word budgeting in here, and I don't really budget either, I would say. His approach is not really budget focused. It's a little bit more practical. It's like less limiting and it's just very like straight based on the numbers you're taking home and you're just kind of like using that as a pie. But instead of splitting up a lot of things more evenly, it's just like less distributed. So with this approach, it goes to show you like, hey, if buying a $5 coffee makes a huge difference in your life, absolutely go do that, right? That's one of your money dials. That's like one of your big buckets outside of your your rent, your utilities, everything. Like this is kind of like your free spending, right? But then maybe that means, um, you know, if, if you're allocating, okay, $5 a day, you do it five times a week. So $25, $100 a month. Okay, so at that point you had to kind of cut back, okay, where else is my priority when it comes to spending? So, you know, someone else in the book, he gave an example is like, someone loves to buy designer shoes, but she literally cooks at home majority of the time, never goes out to eat, right? That's their rich life, so to speak. That's what they, like, that's what they want to spend their money on. And so I really like this approach because coming from first generation, Asian parents, uh, specifically from Vietnam. Obviously, if you are similar uh, or, or also have immigrant parents, you probably can relate to this, but, or actually, correct me, I would say yes, especially those parents, but also a good chunk of the older generation, they were less consumers than we are today. But I will say, like, they were the ones splitting everything evenly into the buckets versus actually spending where they really wanted to spend. So another example for me is, like, I was telling my parents, you know, obviously there's this idea of buying a nice big suburban home and having nice cars and all of these things. And personally, I don't need a big home. Like, I don't even necessarily want a humongous home but I would love kind of like a modern kitchen and like really nice modern amenities in my home and I could take like a two three bedroom home in New York City at some point like that would be my dream right like not everyone's dream is to have a big suburban home and that's okay because I grew up in the rural suburbs area um, just kind of in the middle of nowhere, nothing special, nothing in particular. And that that's okay. Like people can have their own idea of a quote unquote rich life. Each person has their own preference, but the important understanding is to know what your preference is. And from there, you can restructure how you allocate your money. So, you know, out of like 100%, ideally, you know, 50% about goes towards rent, utilities, all of the fixed costs, and the other 50% you're going to split kind of in bigger chunks 
with your money dials and of course you're going to leave a chunk for savings and everything else like that so long story short i'm not really explaining it in the best way possible but this book i will teach you to be rich really gave me practical steps in credit cards personal banking the percentages in how i allocate my income and then of course the calculation of investing and why it's even better to invest with $50, $100, and like at least allocating that versus none at all because you think you don't have enough. Um, so anyways, I love this because I think there's a narrative that was taught from my parents' generation that makes you think that there are certain things you can and can't do when you aren't at a certain income level yet. And quite frankly, I just have to disagree. So Love this book, highly recommend. I Will Teach You To Be Rich by Ramit Sethi. So the last book in this recommendation for my fellow 20-some-year-olds is Letting Go by David Hawkins. I have mentioned this book, I think, three times in total on this podcast, including this episode. And I wasn't sure if I should include this in my top four because of how often I've mentioned certain passages or the Hawkins scale of consciousness. But considering how it has impacted my life in very impactful ways, I figured I just have to stay true to what feels right and I'm going to include it in this top four. Another reason why I wasn't sure if I should include this is because I almost was like, wait, is stoicism and consciousness too similar of like the same category? Because like I said, I wanted to give you guys different categories from each book to really kind of hit on every area of your life and I would personally say that I think stoicism hits more on the foundation of how you make decisions in life and how you kind of operate so to speak but with letting go and consciousness those type of topics I would consider that more in spiritual growth which is something that Sabrina Zohar said that she thinks, you know, if you're in your 20s, do the work now. I'm huge into spiritual growth. I'm not a total woo-woo person. Um, just going to preface that. I there's, there's definitely a spectrum, right? But for me, when it comes to consciousness and energy, I'm a firm believer in a couple things around that. Number one being that you can feel people's energy it's just it's very easy the moment you meet someone whether they vibe with you or not we use in today's modern day we use the word vibe but that's just very much okay that energy clicked with me something about it clicked you know I, I would argue probably aura is another way to put it and when you relate it to the Hawkins scale of consciousness which is that funnel that I talked about on a recent episode when you are climbing up that funnel or not climbing up because technically you can really bounce into any frequency that you want to be in uh, the one that i really try to maintain as my equilibrium is love because love is the universal energy consciousness and really where a lot of great things come out of and so now that i think of it i would categorize this book more on health and spiritual growth Because if you take the time to read into holistic health and your mental health and the way 
your mind and body is connected and how it reflects on your energy, your consciousness, and the way you connect with other people. In modern day terms, we always say you want to be around like-minded people. A lot of that comes from energy, right? Like some people you feel have such like a dark, they feel very like low vibe. So you don't really you don't like to be around them and vice versa is like sometimes you are the one that's kind of bringing not great vibes not great energy and people don't necessarily want to be around you right but remember that is changeable you can establish yourself at a higher frequency and I'm not the most effective person to explain these things but what I can say is that I've applied a lot of the I guess you could say principles from David Hawkins, especially from the book Letting Go into my own life and primarily around how it has allowed me to maintain good health, especially with my mind and body connection. And I think just the way I radiate in the world, obviously, I'm not always aware of how I'm radiating, but I can definitely hear the feedback from people when they say like yeah like I was watching you talk to you know that like podcast interview like you had really good energy or like vice versa and um you know some people will tell you as well to your face they'll be like hey you know there's something about you like I just I really like your energy that's when you know like you are really operating from a higher level and I said this before I do think it kind of goes in tandem with stoicism in that you can choose to be rising and operating at a higher frequency. So like love, peace, joy. And one way, in my opinion, to reduce the impact of external conflicts or people out there that might naturally like lower your vibration For me, I've noticed that stoicism has allowed me to not get, uh, I guess you could say, boggled up by lower vibrations. So people with shittier energy or when someone's like did something really shitty to me, if you apply your stoicism practice in those moments, that for me has helped, that for me has, that for me has helped me maintain that higher vibration like usually in normal times I could definitely say that without stoicism it's probably easier for me to get flustered by someone that you know makes a shitty comment or does something really mean or like cuts me off in traffic things like that but with stoicism you realize like that's external and you get to choose and decide how you feel about that And then I recognize that and I come back into, you know what? I'm still operating at love. Like I'm a loving human being. No one else can impact that. So anyways, that is Letting Go by David Hawkins. Very much around spiritual growth, personal development, mental health, and I would say just your overall well-being because I believe in the mind-body connection. So I hope that is helpful for you. And that is all for today's episode focused on my top four book recommendations for you guys out there in your 20s and you're figuring out life, you're trying to navigate the struggles of finances, 
your mental health, not getting bothered by external people and events. Been there, done that, continue to face it in my everyday life and I think we all do. And um, I would say I just think the best thing that we can do for ourselves is to continue to work on areas that we could improve on, treat people well, radiate with love, And most of all, just be there for one another because at the end of the day, without people, without connection and community, I don't know uh, what would make life worth living. So thank you again for tuning into this episode. If you enjoyed these recommendations or you are going to go grab one of these books, I would love if you could share the episode on your Instagram story, share this with friends who love to read books and are also very mindful about their own development in their 20s. And of course, shoot me a DM on Instagram at Emily E. Duong or at What Fulfills You. I love chatting with you guys and I really love to hear your feedback as always. So thank you again and I will chat with you all in the next episode.